0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians.
1: Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Zneimer. How would you like to live into your 90s and beyond without illness? I'll talk to Dr. David Agus, who says it is possible if we shift our thinking away from curing diseases to preventing them.
2: We're going to live longer. That's fantastic. That's, you know, medical science has made that possible. Don't pretend. Don't wait until the day that the year that you start running out of money to say, now what?
1: That's CNN's chief business correspondent, Ali Velshi. I sat down with him to get some tips on how Zoomers can make money in these turbulent markets and have the kind of retirement they've always dreamed of. You. Black History Month, and the Nathaniel Depp Corral has put together a special piece based on Lawrence Hill's blockbuster, The Book of Negroes. Reporter Darren Maharaj will have that story, but first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The battle over old-age security continued this week. Diane Finley, Minister of Human Resources, told reporters that action has to be taken to make sure there are OAS funds for all seniors both present and future. Meanwhile, there were more indications that the government's plan is to increase the eligibility age from 65 to 67 in the year 2020. Under that scenario, anyone who is now 57 or older would not be affected. On Monday, CARP's VP of Advocacy, Susan Ang, went to Parliament Hill to speak with MPs about the OAS changes. Here's Interim Liberal Leader Bob
0: Ray. What's really at stake is whether we have one Canada or two. If we have one Canada, we take care of people who are older and who are less secure, who are poor and less well-off, and we make sure that everybody's included. If we have two Canadas, we start saying, well, let's create the conditions that make it harder and harder for uh, government to sustain people in their old age. And that's exactly what the Conservatives have been doing. (laughs)
1: Here's good news for Zoomers in Ontario who are looking to sell their homes. The Canadian Real Estate Board says that while house sales have softened across the country, including here in Toronto, the average price of a home in the GTA continues to rise as it edges closer to $500,000. The board says the average GTA home was worth about 8.5% more this January than it was a year ago. However, the rest of the country is dealing with a much smaller increase. The average house in Canada is worth about 350000 and this is an increase of just 2% since January
3: 2011.
1: Sir Paul McCartney says he's finally given up smoking marijuana after years of unabashed use. Sir Paul has been famous for the love of the drug since the 1960s, but in a new interview in Rolling Stone magazine, he says that he has smoked his share and enough is enough. He cites his 8-year-old daughter Beatrice from his relationship with Heather Mills as part of the reason he quit, telling the magazine that a new sense of responsibility has kicked in. And finally, an opera legend has passed away. Charles Anthony was a mainstay at the Metropolitan Opera in New York. He performed a record 2,928 times at the Met in a career spanning 56 years. He passed away earlier this week at the age of 82. He was best known as a character actor, performing in very few leading roles, but constantly stealing the show when he came on stage as a bit performer. In these roles, he starred with some of the best opera talent, including the Met debuts of Jose Carreras and Joan Sutherland. His last appearance was in Puccini's Turandot in January of 2010. Those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. I'm Libby Zeimer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review.
0: The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds
3: and bees. I huh, huh, huh.
1: It's that time of year. With tax and RSP deadlines approaching, many of us are focusing on our finances. Zoomer Magazine's annual money guide is just out. And it features some timely advice from CNN's chief business correspondent, Ali Velshi, who is a hometown guy, in case you didn't know. He's also a friend and former colleague, and he dropped by our studios when he was in town to promote his new book, How to Speak Money. Ali Velshi, thank you so much for joining us. It's My great to see
2: you. It's great to see you, too.
1: Now, you have a new book called How to Speak Money. How is it important for Zoomers to yep. be able to speak money?
2: You may have many, God hopes, you've got many, many years to live, uh, and you're not going to be able to manage with what you've just got. And, and that is why we have to start thinking about the fact that you need to invest not just in the years approaching retirement, but in fact, in many cases, well into retirement. So that means you've got to know what vehicles you can use to invest in, which will hedge a little bit for you. They will limit the downside when markets do turn down, but they'll give you at least some proportion of the upside in bullish markets, which we're probably going to see for the next couple of years now.
1: What do you tell people who are really gun shy, who lost money twice in recent memory now, and yeah. you know they would like to be able to put their money in GICs, which pay nothing,
2: nothing, nothing, and that's the sad part? And so, part of it is an education to say you're right. You, after being burned a couple times, the best thing to do would be to be able to put it in a GIC or some other form of fixed income, but it's not going to get you anything. So you've got to find some way to manage some little bit of risk. And You can do so understanding the fact that you're risk-averse. And we we tackle this very specifically in the book. We show the most risk-averse group of people, in many cases who will be Zoomers, how you can invest in a way that gets you a return that is probably about half as good as the general market will be. But that's okay. You just need something.
1: And that's something that really caught my eye in your article in Zoomer magazine. You said you have specifics on how a risk-averse, short-term investor can earn 5.6% in a well-diversified portfolio. Before you answer that, I've got to tell you that recently – even a non-risk-averse investor would be really happy right. with a 5.6% annual
2: return. Right. So to be just to be clear, uh, the, what, what we're saying is that over the last 10 years, had you had that portfolio, you would have returned 5.6%. We never really know how markets are going to go, but that's what would have happened if you had done that. And what we're basically doing is instead of taking a portfolio that is heavily in cash and GICs or, again, other forms of fixed in income, It's a portfolio that has some fixed income, some equities uh, that pay great dividends, and there are still a lot of great stocks out there that do that. And then a portion of uh, what we call alternative investments, which are hedged mutual fund products. They usually have a, a, a cost to them that is a little higher than what you might be used to paying because you're used to buying uh, things that are index funds or, or managed funds that have a small expense ratio. These ones tend to be a little bit higher and you have to be very selective about how you choose them because some of them are so expensive that they they don't they don't give you the return that you need. But there are others that are affordable and what they do is they hedge the market. If They, they, they have some investments that go the opposite way of the market when they're going down. They have some types of uh, other non-correlated investments like precious metals, like currencies. Basically, an expert is blending you a hedged investment that you really can't do on your own.
1: What else can you put in that well-diversified portfolio.
2: The rest of it should actually be in a balanced portfolio of stocks that pay, you know, large-cap multinational stocks or resource stocks that pay a dividend or some form of uh, of payout to you, uh, and and the stock performance is generally pretty steady. And then you do have to have some fixed income. You do have to have some bonds, bond funds, and, and, and sort of cash-like investments. I'm more interested in you taking some risks toward getting some return. Uh, so it does end up being a very balanced, but an unusually balanced portfolio.
1: Now, Ali, I think we're really facing a paradigm shift here, and you alluded to that. First of all, as you say, we're all living longer, so we're going to need a lot sure. more money. And the other thing is that people of our generation, Zoomers, are heading into retirement with debt yes. in huge numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And that hasn't happened before.
2: So the only good news is for those carrying debt, interest rates are lower on the debt as well. Look, I'm trying to put a silver lining around this cloud. It is serious, but we do have more opportunities in terms of vehicles that the average person, the average Zoomer, can use to invest. Now, what it means is with more vehicles means more research is necessary. But what you do need to look at is that while growth in this part of the world is relatively slow, Canada is more stable than the United States, although in 2012 may actually grow a little bit more slowly than the United States. The United States looks like it's sort of emerging from this this post-recessionary environment. But the rest of the world is, is, is firing on six cylinders. I mean, China has pulled its growth back down into the high 7% range. India has pulled it down, and it's still way up there. We have to find ways of capitalizing both on investments and opportunities in those parts of the world. When it comes to regions of the world that are fast-growing, really I'd rather pay a manager a small fee, a manager who travels to those countries, understands uh, what the differences are, You want to know who knows what companies work in that space. Africa is the undiscovered country. It's still one of the fastest growth uh, continents in the world. But you can't throw a dart at it and hope that you get the right African investment. Talk to a mutual fund that actually does this. And they will cost you more than the index fund, and again, in Canada, more than the U.S. But the fact is, those are great opportunities, and the return should well exceed what you're paying as an expense ratio.
1: Back to the uh, title of your book. Right. Is there something about the language of money that Zoomers in particular don't know and need to?
2: Well, you do at that stage of life have to come clean fairly early in a relationship. Or if you've been in that relationship for decades, you need to sit here and say, do we have the same vision as we approach retirement of what retirement looks like? And that's not a tough conversation because I may think retirement looks like Tuscany in a villa. Uh, others may think it's golf. Others may think it's gardening. And based on what you think retirement is, your expectations need to be built around that.
1: I remember those commercials, Tuscany or Provence. Right, well, right. If you haven't saved enough money, it's, it's right. not going to be either of but those. But you have to
2: start with So when you, you pick the car you want, you find out how much it costs, and you realize you might not be able to afford it. Let's do the same thing with retirement. Pick the retirement you want and sit there and say, how much do I need? How much do I not have? How many years will I have to work to get there? And at least make it all a calculated decision. We, we bury our heads in the sand about some of these things. We're going to live longer. That's fantastic. That's, you know, medical science has made that possible. Don't pretend. Don't wait until the day that the year that you start running out of money to say, now what?
1: Ali Velshi, thanks so much.
2: My pleasure, Libby.
1: You'll find more of Ali's investment advice in the March issue of Zoomer magazine. I'm Libby Zneimer, and you're listening to
3: the Zoomer Week in Review. We can prevent most cancers, and we're not doing it.
1: That's Dr. David Agus, a renowned American oncologist who says we have to stop thinking about curing diseases and start thinking about preventing them. He says there are simple ways to do that, and if we follow his prescription, we can all live into our 90s. I'll talk to Dr. Agus in just a moment.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians.
1: Ali Velshi just told us how to prepare financially for those extra years of life many of us will be blessed with. Our next guest has a prescription on how to make sure those are healthy years. Dr. David Agus is a superstar researcher and oncologist. In his new bestseller, The End of Illness, he says we should take baby aspirin, wear sensible shoes, and eat lunch at the same time every day. Why will that work? I reached him at his office in Culver City, California. Dr. Regus, you are a prominent oncologist, yet you say that the way the medical establishment looks at cancer is all wrong. How so?
3: You know, I think that when we look at cancer, we look at it in a reductionist point of view, and then we try to look for the individual mutation or cause of cancer. Instead of treating cancer like a verb, we treat it like a noun. You have cancer, but to me, you're cancering. And I'm not sure if, you know, what I'm proposing is necessarily correct, but it's a new way of approaching things. And when I look at the death rate from cancer over the last 50 years, there hasn't been much change. So we have to have a new way of approaching things. The problem with cancer is it's an interaction from within. It's the body in itself, so it's a complex system. And you can't treat it like an infectious disease. You know, there was a trial done that taught me a tremendous amount out of Austria uh, about four or five years ago, published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Where they took women after optimal treatment for breast cancer. Half of them, they gave placebo, and half they gave a drug that builds bone, an osteoporosis drug. Well, they reduced recurrence of the cancer by 40%. His breast cancer metastasizes the bone, and the old adage, you change the soil, the seed doesn't grow. So this is a case where we changed the system. It didn't target the cancer at all, but it changed the body so the cancer didn't want to grow and it had one of the most profound effects on cancer that we've seen in a clinical trial. Do you
1: believe that there is a kind of magic bullet cure for cancer?
3: No, I think, you know, that's the problem is that... Based on this, we may be able to control a complex emergent system, but even trying to understand it, I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to understand it. You know, the counter is we can prevent most cancers, and we're not doing it. Whether it be a prevention strategy with drugs or behavior or early screening, we can prevent most of these deaths, and we're not doing it. I'm a believer in knowing yourself. One of the first things in the book is you download a four-page questionnaire, so you write all the metrics about yourself. You follow yourself, and all that information is key to making the right decisions for you. There's no one-size-fits-all in medicine. And so in the book, you know, I I show my DNA, which was sequenced, and I I tell what diseases I'm likely to get based on my DNA. And these are tremendous tools to allow us to understand ourselves better and to really know where to focus your own prevention energies.
1: Now, you say that we can all live to be 90 or 100, and live healthy?
3: I hope so. I think so. I mean, the data certainly support that. You know, we now have, be well, behavior or medications or uh, uh, early screening where we can prevent most diseases and delay them until your 90s. And the paradox is when you live to your 90s, we don't go crazy on health care costs at that point. We let people die with dignity. We don't put them in an ICU, on a ventilator. We let them die of, quote, old age. That's what we have to get back to.
1: You are a big advocate of uh, a few things to do and a few drugs to take uh, for prevention. Tell me about that.
3: I want everybody to go to their physician over the age of 40 and say, why aren't I on an aspirin or a statin? So statins were the drugs that were developed to lower cholesterol, but their byproduct, it turned out, was blocking inflammation. The data are that if you took someone with a normal cholesterol and put them on one of these pills, you'll delay heart attack and stroke by a decade and decrease the incidence of cancer by 40%. Not everybody should be on an aspirin. There are people with bleeding disorders, people with stomach upsets and all who clearly shouldn't be on those aspirins. But I want those discussions to happen. I'm not telling anybody to go on a pill. I'm saying these are not black and white decisions. It's based on your value system, the information, and the discussions with your doctor. People with inflammation in an organ have a much higher rate of cancer in that organ. We also know that people with higher inflammation have higher heart disease and other diseases for gross inflammation in the body. And we can modulate them. Again, things like statin, things like changing behavior, regularity in schedule can reduce inflammation. Wearing good shoes. At the end of the day, your feet hurt. Well, that's inflammation. I don't want that.
1: A lot of women are going to be upset you really take on high heels.
3: Well, I'm not taking on high heels. I'm taking on high heels that hurt. Things as simple as a flu shot. If you skip your flu shot this year, I'm sure you would be fine. You may get the flu and, you know, a week later you'd be back to normal. But that week of inflammation, we know a decade from now, increases your rate of heart disease and cancer.
1: Now, what are the other things that people can easily do for themselves?
3: So regularity and schedule is one of the great ones. If you have your lunch today, for example, at noon, and tomorrow at 2 o'clock, for two hours your stress hormones go up. Well, that puts your body into shutdown mode because it wants to conserve energy. You don't think as well, you don't function as well, and you actually can't lose weight because you shut down your metabolism. So I don't care if you have two meals a day or five. It's the regularity part that's key. And this goes over to when you get up, when you go to bed, when you exercise, the more regular you can make it, the better.
1: Heading towards the end, you say that ultimately we can live till 90 or 100 and then just die peacefully as though a master switch went off. So how far is that and what is the search for that switch?
3: So I think that, you know, with current modes of prevention and delaying disease, And what's going on technologically with new drugs and development, we're going to be able to do that. And I think it's achievable for all of us. But I think it takes work. I think we have to focus on our behavior. I think we have to focus on our schedule. And talking to our doctor, given our risks, our family history, and our personalized self, what's right for us. And if you enact those, I think it's very powerful.
1: Okay. Dr. David Agus, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you. I truly appreciate it.
1: You can download Dr. Agus' health questionnaire at the end of illness. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Love, take me where I can be. That's the Nathaniel Dett Chorale performing live in the AM740 concert lobby. They were here with their special multimedia presentation based on Lawrence Hill's blockbuster, The Book of Negroes performance weaves together readings with traditional folk hymns and spirituals. In just a moment, we'll get a behind-the-scenes look at the production.
0: You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging for Canadians.
1: Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. On Tuesday, the Nathaniel Dett Chorale performed its special concert, Voices of the Diaspora, the Book of Negroes. It was a mixture of music and select readings from Lawrence Hill's now famous book. Our reporter, Darren Maharaj, got a behind the scenes look at one of the concert's rehearsals.
3: it's a celebration of black history here at St. Timothy's Church in North Toronto as the Nathaniel Dett Corral rehearsed with author Lawrence Hill as they prepare to bring his award-winning best-selling novel The Book of Negroes to life on stage. I nearly made myself crazy, wondering how to escape my own nakedness. The novel traces the life of an 18th century African woman who's kidnapped from her village in rural West Africa in the 18th century and brought into slavery. and. South Carolina, comes up to New York City during the American Revolution, comes over to Nova Scotia, and goes back to Africa late in life. So it traces movements back and forth across the ocean of an 18th century African woman. For the corral's artistic director, Brainerd Blyden Taylor, the biggest challenge was choosing the appropriate music to complement Lawrence's excerpts from the book.
0: Some of the pieces have direct relationships uh, to what people have just heard. Like after Aminata has been captured, she's very, very conscious of her nakedness. So I programmed a piece right after that reading, uh, which is the spiritual, that says, I got a robe, you got a robe, all God's children got robes. I got a robe, you got a robe.
3: Toronto, I'm Darren Maharaj for the new AM740.
1: For more information, go to nathanieldetcorral.org. That brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. Be sure to join us next Sunday at noon with Black History Month drawing to a close. We'll take a look back with Zanayna Akande, the first black woman to become a cabinet minister in this country. I'm Libby Snymer. See you then.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.